0: Welcome to Restaurant Inc., the Business of Food Podcast. Each episode, our hosts discuss the important and exciting aspects of the food service industry and what you need to know to be successful in this business. From ways to build customer traffic, increase profits, re engineer your menu, and so much more. What are the hot new items and trends in food service? We'll discuss these and more each episode. If you are in the food service business and you want to see more growth, more customers, and more profits, our expert hosts and their guests will take you there. And now here's your host, Adasha Townsend, Managing Editor of Restaurant Inc. Magazine.
1: A 20-year industry vet, Lamar Moore is no stranger to cooking under intense pressure. That's why it should not have come as a surprise when he emerged as the winner of Food Network's first ever Vegas Chef Prize Fight competition. We scored a noteworthy sit down with a culinary star before the coronavirus pandemic broke out where he discussed the show, other food related television shows and what it takes to be a leading chef in 2020. First of all, how did you become connected with this Food Network um, So This is the first ever mm-hmm. um, series yeah. of this kind, right?
2: Yeah. Um, honestly, it was kind of weird. I mean, I've done Food Network a few times before. I beat Bobby Flay earlier uh, last year and did then you Chop. Beat him? No, I didn't even get to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish. Mm-hmm. I'll do Redemption if they do it. Um, I did Food Network 2015, and this time when I, was ta- when I was reached out about it, it was on LinkedIn, and I don't even use LinkedIn, and I kind of looked at it and was like, ah, oh, this is a joke. Uh and and they oh, just
1: came to you out of the blue
2: on LinkedIn yeah okay. and they kept reaching out and I was like okay send me information and I looked at it and you know I turned down more TV than I actually take because it's like if I do something I want to be able to represent culinarily who I am and mm-hmm. and and I felt this is a great opportunity for me to do that obviously you know there's nothing I haven't done that doesn't showcase culinary who I am and I'm excited about that so um, when you
1: said culinarily who you are, what does that mean exactly?
2: To go to Guy Fieri's restaurant, and, and then I had an opportunity to make a burger. So I used that as a redemption because I lost in Chop making a burger. And I like macaroni and cheese. How could you
1: possibly lose making a burger? I've had your I know. Before. <laughs> legendary.
2: I, I was, you know, I think it was uh, stage fright. There uh, was so many cameras in my face. Mm-hmm. It was the first time doing it, I freaked out a little bit and gave him a soggy bun. And uh, this was an opportunity oh. for some redemption, and I, I made it work.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I've never had a soggy bun from you, so <laughs> you definitely redeemed yourself.
2: I appreciate that.
1: Um, so how did you come to the the, the food fight, chef fight?
2: So uh, Vegas chef uh, prize, prize fight. fight. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they reach out, and we talk about it being... Can you being... explain
1: the, the premise of it and how so, this is different from the other culinary competitions, first of all?
2: Sure, so... Eight contestants all different uh areas there's one other contestant uh julia who's from chicago um they you get to down to one contestant and then that winner uh is awarded the head chef and face of a 10 million dollar renovated restaurant in vegas from wow. uh the caesar's brand that's a prize uh, it's a huge prize and if a lot of people don't know but you know caesar's brand also works you see a lot of food network chefs you know, in the brand. And, you know, as the second episode just recently aired, it was at Gaffieri's restaurant. The first one is BOT restaurants operated inside of Caesar's uh, hotels. So it's an opportunity where in Vegas, I mean, you could really, really make a name for yourself, which you go to Vegas is lights and glam and cameras. And, you know, for me, I've cooked in Vegas once uh, for an operation. So the opportunity to, to, to be able to get, you know, to that point and compete for it and and to compete in vegas i was like sure why not Mm -hmm. and it's like as chefs you know our job is to constantly challenge ourselves to cook and you know when you start competing you want to challenge yourselves to compete too you know a lot of people always ask me about you know top chef and some of those other competitive shows uh which i've you know applied for and because this one is new and it's exciting and it's kind of you know hopefully you know more seasons to come Mm -hmm. why not be that first person to be the leg of it and um What's interesting is that there's the young lady on the show, uh, Roshara. Uh, she's African-American, uh, and she is in the military. We knew of each other from Facebook, and we met when we first started the show, which was pretty cool. Okay. Um, and you believe it or not, Julia, who is from Chicago, we had never met, and we work in the same city. <laughs> wow. So. It's uh, a big city.
0: Yeah, it is a big city. We'll see what happens. You're listening to the Restaurant, Inc., the Business of Food podcast. We'll be back in just a moment. But first. Are you running a restaurant, working in the food service industry, or just a lover of food? You need to check out RFSDelivers.com and see all the tools and insights available to you to help run a profitable food service operation. Want some new recipes to wow your customers? We have those too. Come see us at RFSDelivers.com and get the tools you need and the inspiration you crave. (laughs) Running a restaurant comes with many challenges, and Reinhardt Food Service has the tools to help meet the needs of your food service operation. Check out rfsdelivers.com and find out how our team can help find more profits, build customer traffic, and create buzz around town for your growing restaurant. Get it right from us. And now back to our conversation.
1: I want to talk about some of your favorite dishes. You, you want to talk
2: about that? Sure. Like
1: some of the things that you're looking forward to?
2: Um, I got to tell you, I'm working with Walnut Room, so I'm helping them reconcept their entire menu. Oh, so awesome. um, we're taking we some more.
1: The, uh, chicken pie pie, all right.
2: We're gonna make some changes to that.
1: Uh-oh. It's it's
2: gonna be the same but different. So, being able to fuse some old school with new school. so like, okay. um, like they have meatloaf for a while, so I'm kind of beefing up a little bit with dolphin white potatoes and taking a frango pie and making like a chocolate demi frango to go with, pie. yeah. So, I'm taking a pie and reducing it down because it's got a lot of chocolate notes in there Yum. and reduce it down with demi, uh, pineapple rum cake, mm. um. I'm doing obviously the turk scalloped potatoes. We're doing uh, so they have Asiago chicken. So I'm taking it and actually using a French uh, um, bone-in uh, chicken breast and making a little palmery mustard sauce on there. And and people are eating a little bit more healthier. So we're taking um, uh, making a vegetable and fennel barley to go with it. So I was been able to take a lot of the fun things I like and and I like steak. So <laughs> steak is going on the menu. They never really had steak on the menu. And I'm like, you're in the middle of downtown Chicago. You got to have a good steak. So. Yes. Throw some Cajun ribeye on the menu. and
1: surprised they've never had a steak on the menu.
2: No one's ever thought about it. Right. I mean, you know, Warner Room before Warner Room was, you know, Marshall feels very nostalgic. And, and, and now, you know, Macy's brand is changing a lot, too, from a retail standpoint. They really want to be more food forward. And that's where I come in to help them, you know, get to the next level. So I'm excited about doing that. And the other piece of that is, you know, I mentor a lot. This is the first time in my 20 years of cooking where 99% of my kitchen is African-American. And that, that sets a tone a little bit different for me because, you know, obviously I mentor any and everyone, but to walk into a kitchen that has no experience and to really, really teach them about foods, I'm excited about that.
1: What about the landscape of food television?
2: I think food TV is changing quite a bit. I mean, you look at you know Netflix and how every time you turn around, there's a new food show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from what, what are some I, of your favorites. Um, some of my favorites. I loved uh, what is the last one that came out last year? Uh, Where they had the chefs from around the world. I don't forget the I forget the name of it's it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's one of the newest ones too. They I did know, season one.
1: I know what you're talking about.
2: Um, I can't think of the name of it. That was one of my favorites because you got to see a lot of different chefs do a lot of cool stuff and some chefs that you've known about and just really really cook. Um, I think the TV is getting back to cooking. So like Food Network, for example, since obviously I've done a lot of it. we I think we all kind of grew up watching Food Network. When I was a kid watching Food Network, it taught us how to cook. And then year after, you know, Emerald, you know, not being the face and Guy Fieri's the face, now it becomes more of a show and competitive. But I think they have understanding that. You got to have a different level of competitiveness and then still teach people how to cook. Mm. And so if you look like there's a Food Network kitchen app now where they're doing a lot of demos and teaching people how to cook. And so many more people now are eating at home versus going out. I think there's kind of a, 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 a cooler balance in there now that the networks are looking for people that can cook. They're looking for different faces. Um, I think I, like this is now Food Network. I've done twice in one year. So for me, for me personally, it's like they must see something that I don't see. So I'll just keep working at it and keep mm-hmm. cooking because, you know, the You're opportunities is coming. But, you know, and, and that's another one. You know, sometimes you don't realize what you have until somebody like pulls it out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never saw myself as a personality until now. Um, you know, when I do a lot of demos and I travel and I do a lot of cooking, people, you know, look at that. So like, here's an example that um, it was last week. Like, after the first episode, a lot of my cook are like, man, every time I turn around, you're always smiling. <laughs> and I never really honed into that. And I started going through pictures. I was like, oh, crap. And I posted a picture, and everyone's like, you know you smile on TV a lot. And I wouldn't know that because I'm just being me. So that's the point when we talk about, you know, why did I do it? Because it's an opportunity for me to be who I am. And I think a lot of times... When I grew up as a chef, you take a job so that you can work to learn that trade, which is not a bad thing because you had to work. Now chefs have the opportunity to really be who they are from a personality standpoint. So in, in, your, in that same mm-hmm. inception, I learned you know a few years ago really what my culinary point of view is and obviously what my personality is behind that. And I think now it's showing the rest of the world and other culinarians that you have the opportunity to not only showcase your food, but to have personality behind it. And... That's essentially what I learned to do. And and you just pay attention. You know, I remember when Guy Fieri first came out, when he won their first episode, their first year of Food Network Star. And-
1: And he was a contestant?
2: Yeah. Oh, So okay. like So I'll give you an example like him. So I lived in California when he had multiple restaurants and he was just, for lack of a better word, just a regular chef. And then he went, went on and did with Food Network Star and he blew up. So he had those restaurants, he went on Food Network Star, and then you watch him kind of like grow in front of us. What I notice he does is he controls the camera very, very well. He knows how to, the camera follows him. He doesn't follow the camera. Mm. That's huge if you're trying to make that a career. Now, it doesn't mean he can't cook, but his personality balances with the way he cooks. So when you talk about his hair, um, at one point I traveled. I was on a road for like six months, and I didn't have find a barber. So my hair grew out, and so did my beard. So I <laughs> kept it. So now that's become like a thing, and so now I can't shave if I wanted to. I People could wouldn't know you, right?
1: Without the beard,
2: exactly. So and and I've had a beard now for five years, and so that's become a thing, you know. It's like you look at Grammy Ellie with white glasses. You know what I mean? Everyone has their thing and that thing becomes, you know, part of your personality. or your I do character think trait. I saw
1: an old photo of you and you were maybe clean shaven. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Right. It, <laughs> right. it
2: becomes a, you know, it becomes a part of who you are. And that's where, you know, a lot of the personality comes through. And as chefs, our personality now flourishes
0: through our food. Okay. So this is restaurant, Inc. Big business of food. What about, and I binged it yesterday in my coronavirus sequester. Restaurant Impossible with Robert Irvine. Have you seen that? Where he goes in and flips restaurants? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh-oh. uh
1: What do you think about that concept?
2: There's nothing wrong with the show. Just like Bar Rescue. There's nothing wrong with these shows. I saw the
1: first episode of Bar Rescue last uh, two weeks ago, and it was nuts. That right. is a crazy I th- show. I that think show is insane. And and, and yes. I think
2: both of them have his, his following and its good, but it gives restaurant people kind of a way out to fail in some aspects you know there's some that really try hard to succeed this is like myself i'm sure they probably had a thousand applicants to do you know vegas chef prize fight And they narrowed it down to eight. I'm sure when they go scout restaurants or people that fill applications, they have a lot. So, Mm -hmm. what is a pool for choosing that? You know what I mean? And you have some. I watched the show and I'm like, eh, that doesn't make any sense. Like, really, was there really roaches in that bowl behind that fryer? And you want to put that on TV? I wouldn't want to. Well, I wouldn't want to display that. To that is that bad because even if you change that, so from remember that right? And from an infrastructure standpoint, as as a chef, okay, if I knock down your wall and you got roaches, maybe you need to go through a full gut. You know, as opposed to mm. a remodel and not saying that it's not possible, but it may not. I mean, it's so many different levels of that. It may not be the restaurant. Maybe it's the building and you're a renter in that building. And now you're dealing with that type of infrastructure. It, it takes a lot, you know, from the viewer standpoint of your eyes. You know, one of the biggest things, you know, rats and roaches, you can forget it. I'm I'm not eating there. So um, it, it it sucks in that in that breath. And it takes. As much as I love media and 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 the attention that goes with it, man, it, it takes one bad review, one bad call. I mean, think about it, we think, you know, talking about coronavirus again, and now people don't eat Chinese food. But that doesn't have anything. That's no correlation. Hell, I ate Chinese food yesterday. It doesn't have anything to do with it, and I, right. understand, I understand the the connection to it, but it's like. You know Well
1: remember they said the sales of Corona beer went down twenty percent because people somehow connected that Well I had it. someone
2: ask me yesterday, it was like, Well, why are we people still drinking Corona beer? and i <laughs>
1: yeah. the same
2: reason why you need to keep reading. Right, exactly. <laughs> Stay in school. Right. And that's you know, again, that's the whole, you know, education behind, you know, a lot of it. I don't I think the show has its it's it, someone I think I one out of every three people that goes on that show is saving somebody's life and livelihood. There's a lot of families that there's a lot of people that get engaged about being in the restaurant business when they get in, like oh crap, yeah oh crap's right. Like you're dumping your savings, you're dumping your your life. You know I've made so many sacrifices in my career to be able to just cook. You know I moved back from California to Chicago because my grandmother was ill. I I, I that was not, that was a no brainer for me. And I gave up a job that I worked for 10 years as an exec and I worked my way up through the chains and I walked away and then relocated back to Chicago. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's an inner sacrifice that you make. There is a sense of pride that you have with it, not just from, you know, the restaurant itself, the food, the people. One of the biggest things that annoys me as a chef and as an operator is when I see restaurants that just immediately close once you sign on that line that you open a restaurant, you now have inherited children, for lack of a better word. Your job is to make sure they get paid. No, Under any circumstances, your job is to make sure they get paid. And so when you see all these restaurants close, my heart goes out to the owners and operators, but my heart goes more out to those employees because they're dependent on you to make sure that they can take care of their families every day. And so if you're allowing roaches and infestations or whatever those things are to, to invade your restaurant... Everyone's not going to get saved from that, and 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 you're basically putting on a glove as opposed to really really fixing whatever the issue is by whatever cost that may be. You know, our job is to take care of our employees. Like, if you don't have employees, you don't have anything. So, I think we need to sometime somehow regroup. You know, even with you know where we sit, we you know with the coronavirus, and really really engage our our team and make sure we wrap our, our ourselves around our teams and and make sure that they're taken care of. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's all, all connected, man.
1: So Lamar, I know you have such a hectic schedule, so I just wanna thank you again for coming down and hanging out with us at the Restaurant Inc. podcast. And much success with uh, your latest ventures.
2: Hey, I appreciate being here. And thank you for having me. And the same for you guys, man. It's, it's it's always a pleasure doing stuff like this.
1: The Restaurant Inc. podcast is hosted by yours truly, Adasha Townsend. Produced, engineered, and edited by David Salvi and Jeff Zimmerman. Please like and subscribe. We are in SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you, foodie listeners.
0: That's it for this edition of Restaurant, Inc., the Business of Food podcast, a production of Reinhardt Food Service. If you're looking for more resources on how to get and stay profitable or you're looking for the latest trends in food service, go to RFSDelivers.com or check out our Restaurant, Inc. magazine. Are you looking for new recipes and inspiration? Check out the Dish magazine also on RFSDelivers.com. Tune in next time for another edition of Restaurant, Inc., the Business of Food podcast. Like subscribe today!